0: Hey, everybody, this is Brad Williams, and I am the pastor of B4 Church. Welcome to our podcast. My prayer is that this would help you behold God, that you would see him for who he is, that you would belong to community, that you would be everything that you were created to be, and that you would be able to dream beyond the limitations in your life. So I hope you enjoy this teaching,
1: and we look forward to seeing you in person soon.
0: Well, hey, everyone. Welcome to the
2: B4 Podcast. My name is Alex.
1: Uh, My name is Ashley. And today we have with us...
2: Josiah Johnson. I am the Adult ministry's resident.
1: Yeah, hanging out with us for the year.
2: Yeah. Yeah, we're really happy to have you, Josiah.
0: Um, you've been on my team since you got here, which is awesome. It's the Adult Ministry team. And um, just real quickly, where are you from and how'd you get here?
2: Yeah, um, born and raised in Minnesota, had a couple pit stops in Colorado and California. And then I had some of my dear friends convince me that Portland was. The best place in the world to live. So, found yeah. an apartment up here uh, in downtown Portland with my wife, and have really loved it. That's awesome, yeah. man! And well, it's
1: always nice to have another person from the Midwest because yeah. <laughs> you and I we understand some things about winter that other people here do not understand.
0: Oh my gosh! <laughs> well, inform me, since I'm a Pacific Northwest my whole life. What is that?
1: Well, like I can just remember when I was at Wheaton when I was in college. I was three years outside Chicago. And there were days when I had to walk to class and it was every day was like negative 30 degrees with wind chill. <laughs> there was snow on the ground from approximately November to sometime in April, maybe. Jeez. And so when if you you're got, lucky. if yeah. you're lucky, there. yeah. I can't imagine. And so when you got to about the month of February was when the snow stopped being fun and the winter, you're kind of over it. Mm-hmm. Am I correct in this?
2: Oh, I think you are. <laughs> Dead on. I. <laughs> Don't know about the legality of the situation, but I right. got my first paper route when I was eight oh, years okay. old. <laughs> and I just want to say that having a paper route in Fairmont, Minnesota uh. was a character building experience. <laughs> yeah. And yes, it's snow. That's what people don't get. Even in yes. Colorado where my family lives, Yeah, people don't understand that in the Midwest it snows and then it, the ground is white.
1: Yeah, for a or very like long time. brown, sometimes yes. the snow is oh, not
2: yeah. as pretty as it is right when it falls. But um, the snows on the ground for months and months and months. And yeah, it gets old. You said it gets, old. It said get it gets old. old in February. And I thought to yes. myself, honestly, I might get old before February <laughs> for me. But.
1: Well, I felt like when I was in college, at least, February was always hard because all the holidays were over. Mm. And when you're in school, at least, you don't really have days off in most of January and February. So you've like this long time where it feels like you have all of these projects and all these things. Yeah. And in the meantime, like, you know, spring is coming but it's not there yet. And you're over the snow, but you're still about a month out before being able to see the ground. totally. And it's just interesting to me as I've thought about that this year like that's the season, the month of February is usually when the season of Lent begins Yeah, and it seems very appropriate.
0: Now what is, when you say the season of Lent begins, like for people who don't know what you're talking about, yes. what is Lent?
1: Well, we're not talking about the stuff that comes in the dryer. That's called dryer <laughs> Lent. That's different. This is Lent, L-E-N-T. Yeah. Um, and the season of Lent is part of the church liturgical calendar. So some very wise old people, many, many moons ago, put together a way to sync up the seasons of our calendar year with different events in Jesus' life, and different events in the life of the church and in the story of God. And so starting in February with it's the 40 days that are leading up to Easter. And so the word Lent itself actually comes from an old English word that means lengthen. So the days are starting to lengthen, but when we start in February, it's still pretty dark and it's still very cold. And so Lent in the season of Lent, you kind of enter into the sufferings of Jesus. There's a lot of focus on why he had to come to earth, the injustice, um, in our world, that is the whole reason why Jesus had to come. And so, and we we'll have to die. So, this whole time, you're just kind of sitting in suffering and grief, not in some sort of like masochistic way, <laughs> but just of recognizing that this is a sure. season of life, that there are hard times. Just a times. real way. Yeah. yeah. There are hard times. And so, we have an entire 40 days where we kind of remember that. People often fast. Um, as a as a physical symbol of that, and mm-hmm. it's just we're looking forward to Easter, yeah. but we're remembering why Easter has to happen in the first place. So
0: part of the genius of this, in my opinion, is like the seasons of the world mm-hmm. changing mm-hmm. become reminders of the work of God through history. Yeah. So it's like brilliant. Actually. Yeah, it is brilliant. So like Christmas being on. Um, historically, the winter solstice, which is like Mm -hmm. the darkest day of the year. It's supposed to remind us that light breaks through even the darkest places. Exactly, Which is such a beautiful idea that our life could flow within the rhythm of a normal calendar year Mm -hmm. and we could be reminded of the work of God every single day. Mm -hmm. Um, And I love the idea that the springtime, which is where we're in, is each day is lengthening. Mm -hmm. The days are getting longer. The light is coming into the world more and more. And it culminates in like the big moment.
1: Mm -hmm. We have a party at the
0: end of Easter. Exactly. So like just that think about it. Things are getting brighter and brighter and brighter and brighter until Easter. Mm -hmm. And then the whole world changes. Yeah. It's amazing.
1: Well, and then after Easter, you enter into what's called the season of ordinary time. (laughs) <laughs> and that's where you're supposed to... Is it to, for real? Yeah, that's what I've never called. heard that. It's literally from like the day after... Well, there's like Easter time yeah. for a little while and then you have Pentecost. But then after that, so like for most of May, June, July, August, September, <laughs> October, November, until you get back to Advent, that's how the world is supposed to be wow. of the warmth and the light and the brightness that comes with the summer. So it's just... it's The that's liturgical cool calendar is so cool because it yeah. just is a way that we can be in sync with God's work Mm -hmm. and it also reminds us that we go through seasons in our lives just like we go through the seasons in our world and sometimes that is disheartening because it means nothing lasts forever and other times Mm -hmm. it's very encouraging because it also (laughs) means nothing lasts forever Mm -hmm. so the hard seasons that we go through the more lenten-like seasons the seasons that feel like the gloom of february when we're like yearning for spring yeah. We go through those seasons in our lives too. And they do come to an end and there is mm-hmm. hope and there is light even in the midst of those darker times.
0: Yeah. Man, that's a good word for us. Right now, mm-hmm. um, we're recording right now yes. on Inauguration Day in our we country. Are.
1: So something crazy has happened. We don't know yet. Yeah.
0: Well, <laughs> we know up we know up until about 2.46 PM. Yes. Yeah. But as we're thinking about that, obviously today is a day of mixed emotion for people all over our country. hmm and for a lot of different reasons. Um, but you know, if there's one thing our new president said that he strived for, the American people to work towards was unity in mm-hmm. a hopeless time. And put your politics aside, but I think that's a good message for our world. Yeah, we need we to hear. Yeah, I think we can all agree about that, even Absolutely. if we don't
1: love Biden. Yeah,
0: and, and Lent reminds us that hope continues to break into really hard times. Mm-hmm. I'm curious, like, I know both of you. I know some of your stories. I know um, some of the hard things you guys have gone through and mm-hmm. examples of hope in the midst of pain, suffering. And I'm wondering how willing either of you would be <laughs> to share some of those things for our people.
1: I like Josiah go first since he's the newbie over here.
2: Happily. Yeah.
0: Yeah, hey, happily. welcome to the podcast. <laughs> yeah, to the podcast. Let's Please talk so. about the hardest thing in your life.
2: Yeah, no, I'm, I'm all for it. And I think that's so... Beautiful to get to talk about what mm. what God has for us. And I don't think that what God has for us is easy or comfort. I think what he has for us is relationship with him. Mm. And I'm, yeah, I'm excited to tell you guys a little bit about my story quickly, because that is-
0: Yeah, you've, yeah, you've lived that. Yeah, mm-hmm. I've
2: lived that. So um, how to not talk for- <laughs> Three hours. But yeah. what I want to say briefly is just that I have experienced times of darkness primarily in regards yeah. to medicine. Yeah. Um, hmm. I had a pretty wild trip to the dentist when I was 17 <laughs> and I yeah. left and they were like, yeah, we think you have a tumor in your in your jaw. We wow. have, like have no idea what it is, but um, we've never seen anything like that. And it just was a, a whole whirlwind. Yeah. And that was a season of a lot of darkness and a lot of questions and yeah. many, many surgeries and reconstruction of my face. Um, yeah. And so that was a time where I was asking so many questions. Yeah. Um, and I think the, the singular thing that I um, primarily was challenged with was this reality that uh, what I already said, like what God has for us is not... It's not comfort, it's not ease, but he, he wants for us to be in relationship with him. And so right. I just remember some really dark days in the hospital and wow. trying to figure out how to recover and knowing I needed to have more surgeries and just feeling like yeah. I know that I'm taking steps in the right, the right direction and like my right. body is receiving medical care. What a gift that is. Um, but even though I'm taking steps in the right direction, it just feels like I am in the dark and maybe yeah. i'm digging steps in the right way maybe i'm right. going the, the opposite way i should be going anyway
0: well and how many years did that season last, last? for you Ugh, yeah too I many mean, like yeah. it was
2: it was like 3 years of reconstructive surgery right. after my mm. right after my surgery it was like 18 trips to the Mayo clinic in Rochester Minnesota but wow um yeah i just want to say prayer was so important and i'm still someone in my journal this week i wrote down i do not understand prayer it's it feels so <laughs> complicated and i'm not sure how that functions but i know that god wants to be with us and he wants to talk with us. And mm-hmm. it's really cool that we read that he is like a father and he he cares so deeply about what we're going through. So awesome. during that that time of darkness, I found so much hope in hmm. knowing that Jesus is the creator God and he also, he also loves us and wants to yeah. know us and so prayer yeah. is a way that we can sort of commune with God. Yeah, that's mm-hmm. good,
0: man.
1: That's yeah, good. I think one of the interesting things about thinking about Lent is I know one of the things I appreciated most from all of my seminary education was thinking through the idea that Jesus is with us in the midst of our suffering, that God often does not pluck us out. Um, When we're going through something hard and we see numerous examples of that in the Bible where, you know, Jesus or not Jesus, but God takes the Israelite people Mm -hmm. like the scenic route, basically, because (laughs) he wants them to get to know them in the wilderness. And, you know, God doesn't rescue Jesus from not having to be on the cross, but, Mm -hmm. you know, he's in that he's in that suffering. He's experienced all that suffering. And so he can relate to us in that way. And I had the wonderful privilege of this year being able to actually do the majority of the writing for the Mm -hmm. Lent devotional that we're going to be having coming out in a couple of weeks. And as I was writing it, it was kind of funny that December was literally one of the darkest, saddest, hardest months probably of my life, at least in the recent history. Mm. And um, the fact that then I'm turning around and writing this Lent devotional of like... Oh like and you know God is willing to wrestle with our questions because I think in December I was like where are you God and mm-hmm. You know, my husband and I have been trying to have a child for like the last year and that's not working out. And in December, we had three different people that all were like, we're having babies. And we're like, we're really glad for you. But the injustice of that situation of like, okay, God, like, why is it working for these people? But it's not working for us. And so the whole month of December was a lot of angry prayers um, between me and God. And then starting to write the Lent devotional and looking at the book of Ecclesiastes and looking at Lamentations, looking at the book of Job and seeing, oh, like you're okay with us being... Mm angry when we're confused. Like you don't expect us to just blithely walk with you and say, everything is fine, even Mm -hmm. though my heart is completely broken. Like it's all good. That's not the kind of hope and the kind of joy that God calls us to. He calls us to something so much deeper, which is I love you and I am with you, even when you don't understand. And even when you are praying angry prayers, like I am right there next to you. I am just as sad as you are about the things that break your heart, but I am a hundred percent with you. I know the future, so there's hope there. Mm-hmm. Um, but like he's just with us and is so accepting of us and our finiteness and our humanness of being able to accept that.
2: I have a question, yes. Ashley. I'm thinking um, it sounds like December was was brutal in a few different ways. And I'm wondering yes. if you could go, whatever, time travel. I just watched a Christopher <laughs> Nolan movie, so that's on my mind. If you could time travel to, to talk to yourself in... December, uh-huh. I know there are a lot of things that people say that are so unhelpful. Yes. Mm. Is there anything that you, I mean, yeah, if you had like three sentences to just be like, I see you, what would you want to say to yourself?
1: Yeah, I think of like, I think I said this on the last podcast that we did, but like, it's okay not to be okay. Because mm-hmm. I think especially during the Christmas season of thinking oh, I should be, like, happy and joyful because it's mm. Christmas. But, like, I also don't feel super happy and joyful. Mm-hmm. Um, and that, that's okay. That, like, it's okay to feel what you're feeling and that God is also okay that you're mm-hmm. feeling what you're feeling. And if I'm mad at him, God is okay that I am mad at him. And we will work through that and we will grow through that. And I will learn something. He won't because yeah. he already knows what's going on. Um, but, yes, I've just – I think that was the best advice that I was given by people in that month was just – be okay with your feelings and be okay presenting those to God and be okay being upset.
2: Hmm. Um, will you yeah. define okay? And I, I know that might be semantics, <laughs> but genuinely the way that I was raised, I suppose. I hear that and I'm like, like, uh, excuse it. It's it's fine that you feel emotion, but it's not actually fine, is how I yeah interpret those words. So um will you will you say that maybe in a longer way that helps me understand? It sounds like you're not saying like, oh, just excuse it this yeah. for this time, right? No. What does that actually mean to that? It's okay that you're not okay.
1: Yeah, I think it means giving myself space to feel what I was feeling, and not feeling like I had to hide things either from myself or from my husband or from mm. the people around me. Of like, if someone asked how, how I was doing, with actually being all right, was saying, you know what, today is really hard, and being able to open up to people yeah. and share that, and to in that way normalize the emotion that comes with grief or that comes with a season of sorrow or a oh, season yeah. of going through a medical thing or whatever it might be of letting other people know that like what you're feeling is okay. And I'm in here with it. I'm in here with in, you in, in it. That's what I meant you. to say. Yeah. Yes. Too Dang. many yeah. prepositions. Not yeah.
2: having to hide things is exactly, that's that's what I was hoping for because I, yes. I I couldn't connect with that. I was like, ah, feels difficult. I I don't actually believe that it's okay, but not having to hide things is really beautiful and yeah, and clearly what we're made well, for. Well,
0: and, and you mentioned a couple of really important relationships around you in the mm-hmm. season, right? Mm-hmm. Um and when it you say not having to hide things, it was like, no, I I can actually confide in my spouse, which mm-hmm. is a blessing that mm-hmm. you can do that, you know. Yeah. Close friends or even coworkers where it's mm-hmm. like, "Hey, like the blessing of being able to say, um, hey, this was a really hard week and I'm I'm, I'm sorry if I wasn't okay or yeah. like, hey, you said that and it hurt me. Um, those were the, yes. those were the kind of things yes. that um, were like essential to your ability to mm-hmm. journey through a dark season. Mm-hmm. And I, I just keep thinking about that because I know that we're not alone. All three of us have, a, have things that have come and gone. Um, hard seasons, some of us are living in them now and um, enduring them like you guys are. And, you know, I, I just can't help but think that it's it's important for us to remember there are safe people mm-hmm. to process this with mm-hmm. in your life. Um, that's part of the beauty of a community of Jesus followers.
1: Yeah, that's what the church is supposed to be. And sure. I, I think in thinking through Lent, the beauty of that is we have an entire 40 days where we're saying to people, like, we wanna sit in grief with you. Mm -hmm. And whether your grief is an unmet dream or an expectation or a medical thing Mm -hmm. or, Um, An actual, like, loss of someone who's died. This is 40 days where we can say, we all want to, like, sit here together and remember that this world is broken. Yeah. And not only is it broken, and that's not just, like, wallowing in our sadness, although there might be space for that. But it's saying, we all admit that this is messed up and this isn't how it's supposed to be. And we need to turn our eyes to think about the fact that hope is coming. Yeah. Jesus is coming again. And when he comes again, the world gets set to right. So we're gonna mourn now together yeah. because one day we're all gonna celebrate together.
0: Yeah. I think one of the cool things about the liturgical calendar is that, um, going back to that, is that denominations and you know the West, the East, the Catholic Church period, They some of them literally organize everything they do no matter where they are no matter mm-hmm. how many different churches around this calendar which mm-hmm. means that in a season of grief or mourning they're mourning together mm-hmm. and there is something like you just said something that's so good which is like we're going to mourn with you mm-hmm. and and we're actually setting aside a season to do that yeah um there obviously we know, we know this but paul says in romans that we should rejoice with those who rejoice mm-hmm. and mourn with those who mourn and I think one of the challenges in this season is often we've by ourselves,
1: mm-hmm.
0: um, so. Especially we, right now. Especially right now, there's a um, you know, distance from other people to mourn, and we're actually not called to do that. Mm-hmm. Um, and also rejoice, like we have no collective rejoicing happening yeah. either, so it can be a real big challenge to navigate through that. But what a beautiful idea that you get to carry burdens, I get to help carry your burden with you mm-hmm. through a season of suffering and vice versa.
1: Yeah, and I, I think what's cool about the season of Lent, too, is we have very physical ways that historically have been reminders of that suffering together. So traditionally, people would fast in some mm-hmm. way, shape, form, or fashion during the season of Lent. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, I read a book, which I actually think I mentioned on here before, called The Common Rule, where the, uh, the guy who was writing it talked about how. Um, they were they had a gathering of friends and actually, ironically, the people had the same problem that I have, which was there are a couple couples in their gathering of friends that either had a miscarriage or had mm-hmm. been unable to conceive. And mm-hmm. they were grieving about that together as a group. And so they decided together to um, to do a fast together as a group. And so that was a physical way that they could enter into the very real suffering of their friends of right. i'm not i'm going to choose not to eat for a day or a couple days or whatever in order to remind myself that somebody else is grieving and so that's something that we can do together in lent which is i'm going to choose to abstain from something as a reminder mm-hmm. that other people are suffering or that i am suffering or of jesus is suffering i mean it all kind of ties together that yeah. this physical reminder of And it's just a very simple way to enter into the grief of others in a very real practical way.
0: For either of you, do you guys um, have a, uh, when you go into a season like this of fasting prayer, um, do you have like a a way of thinking through like, what is the thing I'm going to fast or abstain from? What am I gonna set aside?
2: Yeah, I definitely do. Uh, I forget who, oh, I don't. It's my friend, Jesse, Um, one of my dearest friends a few years back convinced me that attention is essentially the most the most valuable thing that we have like what we give our attention to is so significant and mm-hmm. so that's absolutely how i think we need to make these decisions about fasting and giving things up and Attention. Yeah, so, so what am I... So you mean
0: something that is grabbing your attention. Of course, mm-hmm. because I could say like, well, sure. I'm going to give up... <laughs> I'm going to give up eating broccoli. And and I, like, yeah, I'm really, exactly. And oh, I don't care darn. at yeah. all about eating broccoli, but right, like, right. what
2: actually matters to me? What am I giving my attention to? Right, and so like that's I'm going to set aside my phone for eight mm-hmm. hours in a day. Oh, that. wonderful example, yeah. Really possible. Wonderful example. Um, and then things that make me feel secure are the things I'm giving attention to. Sure. Mm-hmm. So if it's like, oh, I'm pretty pretty extroverted in these ways. So I feel really safe when I'm always checking in with people and having these ongoing conversations. And so I need to be more intentional about not just shooting off text messages that you know aren't actually connecting with people, but they're just giving me a sense of connection. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And so maybe I have phone calls with people one day a week or two days a week, but then I don't have these sort of pacifying conversations in between. Yeah. Those are a couple examples,
0: and I, Mm -hmm. I like, I grew up around the church, right? Mm -hmm. I would say, like, I grew up in the church, but I didn't really do much. So (laughs) I would say more that I like grew up around it, like I attended occasionally, all that. So I, I remember when I was in high school and a couple of my friends one Wednesday we're walking down the hallway and they had an ashen cross literally across their forehead. And I was like, what kind of devilry is this? (laughs) Like, I literally had no idea what was going on. And the reason why I say I grew up around church is like, I feel like I probably should have had an idea yeah. of what was going on. And sure. you know, these were my friends, they were Catholic and um, I went to a public high school. And so I was so curious about why they were walking around the hallways with this on their forehead. And I remember asking them and they said, well, it's Ash Wednesday. I was like, I have no what is that? idea.
2: Is there <laughs> that- <laughs> a fire
0: somewhere? <laughs> right. What does that mean? <laughs> right. And um, it became kind of this cool thing amongst my peers in school, even if they weren't Christians to pick up something or to set something aside for Lent. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So soda or, you know, yeah. I, who knows? I mean, there was lots of social broccoli. yeah media. Eh, something. at that time, uh, social media wasn't even a thing, but like whatever it was, and some of which I won't say on this podcast, but <laughs> people would set certain things aside for 40 days and they didn't all make it. But I remember thinking about like, it's very odd that people who have no connection to Jesus at all would be absolutely willing to set aside anything. Mm -hmm. and really like the point of setting something aside. I love that idea of attention, Josiah. I think that's so good. Um, I love the idea of setting something aside to experience the suffering or the pain of someone else. Mm -hmm. But really the idea of fasting is to kind of empty yourself of those things to then replace it with something else. Mm -hmm. And that replacing is often the presence of God. That's the point is to clear out the clutter, the confusion um, and the dependency on anything Mm -hmm. else. Yes. and to replace it with
2: more time with the Lord.
1: hey spirituals bring cleaning, if we will.
2: <laughs> That's a good way of saying it. I do have a question about that. Yeah. I am someone also was a part of, like I went to church with my family, but just didn't even know what for that sure. meant for most of my life. Um, but I'm thinking, okay, I've heard so many people tell me I should fast. Yeah. And for years mm-hmm. and years and years, I was like, That's awesome. And I'll give you a thumbs up and then I'm going to go home and I'm going to do my thing because that's uncomfortable. I don't want to do that. So I want to know why God why is it necessary that we make room for God to like move in? Uh, Why doesn't God just do that while I'm still doing all the fun things that I want to do? Does that make sense? It does make sense. I have a funny answer to your question, but I'll let Ashley go first.
1: Well, ironically, I was reading a book this morning that was answering that question, which is (laughs) a book, yeah, it's uh, Get Your Life Back by John Eldridge. And he um, said something in the book about how God doesn't like to shout. And we have to purposely make space in our lives, whether that's just short pauses throughout our day or different spiritual practices. And fasting would be one of those where we kind of say to God, like, I'm giving you my attention and I am listening. Mm -hmm. God would rather speak in those moments. And actually we would rather God speak in those moments than the alternative, which is God's going to do something to really get your attention if you're not making space for him to speak. Um, So I think fasting is, yeah, I think fasting is one of the ways that we can do that of I'm going to say no to myself. And I'm going to because usually what I've tried to do when I'm like actually fasting from food is the time that I spend eating a meal instead spend in prayer or Mm. meditation or something like that. So it's okay. Yeah. I'm not doing the thing that I really enjoy doing, by the way, which is eating because I love food. <laughs> yeah. So like I'm giving you this time. If there's something you need to tell me, please tell me yeah. while I'm vulnerable and here before you yeah. and very yeah. obvious of my own yeah. Or, yeah, needs.
0: I have a different answer. And right. I agree with that. Um, I always struggled with that because the thought was that fasting was suffering. Like it was, mm-hmm. it was putting my body through some type of pain that wasn't good for me. Sure, but um, it's actually super interesting. So we are in the middle of a teaching series called the Shema, mm-hmm. and last Sunday and Thursday, Brad taught us about Nefesh that we are a Souls. whole living being. We are not just you know, a spirit with a meat sack connected to us. We are actually like fully integrated beings. Yeah. Um, this last year, we, di- we discovered the power and the health benefits of intermittent fasting in our life. And, and mm-hmm. one of the things that was fascinating to me was actually we overeat constantly. Mm-hmm. Like we are constantly filling ourselves with more than we need. And um, there's actually a metabolic like benefits to taking 14 to 16 hours a day to fast, they call it intermittent fasting, it's whole movement, yeah. all that. Mm-hmm. Set, all, set all of the popularity of that aside and get back to, it's actually really good for you. It's like mm-hmm. really good, not just for your soul and your spirit to kind of connect with God. It's actually good for your physical body. Yeah, mm-hmm. And it allows your body to detoxify and to cleanse, which affects your emotions and affects your time, like period across the board. And as soon as I made that shift, fasting was not drudgery for me. It became something I got excited about. Like it was like, oh, I could eat past seven o'clock at night, but then I'm gonna miss out on a really great time with the Lord in the morning. So it's very interesting, but I I think that you look at it from a holistic perspective. If for these 40 days, you set aside coffee, Mm -hmm. what would first have to happen is you'd have to like you'd have to introduce green tea into your life, <laughs> otherwise you're going to get a caffeine headache, right? But as time went on, your body's dependency to that chemical would go away mm-hmm. and it would allow you to have a clearer mind and a more functioning body, not constantly you know, moved by cortisol spikes and different things like that. And then that would allow some of that anxiety that holds within you to fall. I'm not a doctor, I'm not a scientist, but my point is, is that God is interested in our whole being Mm-hmm. And I have found that fasting is one of the best ways, not just to create time spiritually for us, but to open our whole nephesh, our whole being to God. And so when I think about it like that, I get excited about going into 40 days of prayer and fasting, not dreading uh, That's you know.
2: very helpful. Yeah.
1: Yeah. And I that actually reminds me, I had a professor in college who talked about how we have um, what he calls anesthetizing behaviors, Mm. things that we turn to when things get hard that we use to comfort ourselves. Mm -hmm. And for some of us, it's coffee. For some of us, it's food. For some of us, it's alcohol. For some, it's social media or something like that. And that's where like fasting from things, like fasting from food is, I think, always great right. but that's where sometimes we might need to fast from something else when we look at our lives and see where do i turn like just mm-hmm. like you detox your body right. when you're intermittent fasting it might be the in this season of flint you need to detox from political talk radio yeah. or you need to detox <laughs> from social media I think we all need to or detox twitter from that. or whatever like yeah. whatever it is that you turn to naturally right. when something is uncomfortable think through that. And I was like, right. "Is am I using this in an unhealthy way? And would this be a good season in which yeah. I need to set this thing aside so that I turn to God yeah. in those times of discomfort instead of listening to music or talk radio right. or calling, even calling, like, even good things right. can end up being anesthetizing well, behaviors.
0: Because then, then you can re-engage some of those things, but
1: yes. with a
2: completely different perspective. Yes, okay. it's no
1: longer the dependence. It's yeah. A, yeah, a helpful thing. I
2: just have to tell you that I am experiencing this in my very life right now. Probably, probably a week ago, my wife was like, hey, Josiah, you know how you really like to play online chess? And I was like, <laughs> I freaking love online chess. And I would play all the time. I had an app on my phone, the chess.com app. Yeah, And seriously, in, this sounds so silly. And I was I was frustrated when my wife said this because I was like, no, it's chess. Like, that can't be a problem. Right. It's, mm-hmm. it's making me smarter. It's chess. Like, this right. is not a bad thing. And she was like, well, no, I think that you are not sitting in quiet moments because you can take your phone out and then be like, Mm -hmm. play chess anytime anytime all day long. Um, And so I stopped playing chess for six days. And then yesterday I was like, hey, Lauren, I think that I'm going to play chess today, (laughs) but I'm going to do it after I've come home and taken care of things and (laughs) and connected with you. And it was cool to be like, this is silly, but actually it feels really important to put everything in its proper place. So I love Uh, what you're saying, Alex, about wholeness that God wants us to... um, Be yeah. the He created us in specific ways. Yeah. That's yeah. how we ought to exist. Yeah. Absolutely. And that's one
1: of the beauties of Lent. It's precious spring cleaning. Yeah. That's Get a big that deal. stuff out of here.
2: You know, all throughout the rest
0: of this month's podcast, Lent is going to provide inspiration for whatever it is that we're talking about. And so, um, throughout the next few episodes, this season, this Lenten season, is going to inform the content of this episode. But today, thank you both for mm-hmm. your thoughts about suffering and finding hope in the middle of a hopeless season and emptying yourself to be filled with something else and inviting our congregation to fast and to pray. Mm-hmm. I'm very excited about the devotional. Can you yes. share a little more info about when it comes out and how to get, be a part of that?
1: Of course. So um, the paper copies of the devotional will be available at the building if you're coming for service or do you know, just want to stop by and grab one starting February 11th. Where in the building? Um, you can just call the office or come in the front office and Vicky, our lovely receptionist, will be happy yeah. to help you. Um, and then the devotional itself actually starts on Ash Wednesday, awesome. which this year is on February 17th. So you want to make sure you get a copy beforehand. Um, and we're really excited. It'll be a 40 day journey with scripture, some prayer prompts, um, different actions for you to take throughout mm-hmm. those 40 days. Some of them are very basic. Some of them are relational. Some of them are helping you build new spiritual practices. I'm really excited about it personally. I think it's one of the best things I've ever written, which sounds a little (laughs) conceited, but like I'm just really excited about it. Um, So I'm so excited too. You guys will join in.
2: Thanks for doing that, Ashley. Not
1: a problem. And if you enjoyed today's podcast, we would ask that you would make sure you're subscribed to our podcast channel on the YouTube's, um, Spotify, and or Apple. And uh, again, if there's something in here that was super encouraging to you, feel free to share this episode with a friend. That's one of the best ways um, that we get our podcast out there. So thanks for joining us. Josiah, thanks for being here. Yeah, Absolutely. You asked super good questions, so we're glad you joined us today. And we will see you guys next week as we continue talking about Lent.
2: Well, hey, everybody, thanks for joining us.
0: Be sure to visit b4church.org for more information. If you've enjoyed this podcast, you can subscribe. You can share it with your friends. You can even take a screenshot and share it on social media if you like. Tag us at b4church. Thanks for listening, and we'll see you soon.